You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Good evening. David Hall. Hello. Greg Hectus. I'm here, but not here. Tony Groves. Good evening, fellas. And welcome back, special guest Steve Thompson. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me again. Hey, it's been a while. I can't remember. We were talking earlier. How long has it been since Steve's been on the show? I think Chris said a year and a half. Yep, that's about right. Well, welcome back. So, Steve, uh, so for our new listeners, let's introduce you. Uh, You run over there at the Old Bastards Racing League, or OBRL, as uh, we often refer to it. Um, And you're also uh, involved with this, uh, these guys over at the Burning Rubber Radio Show. And uh, we decided to have you on because we got a big, big race coming up here. Uh, So let's uh, talk about that. Yeah, it's going to be a great race. Um, you guys, iRacers Lounge and Burning Rubber Radio kind of have this thing going, especially with uh, Andy DeLay with his lack of uh, driving expertise, I guess. So <laughs> we, uh, Chris, Chris kind of got the head start on this thing, getting this race together. So it's kind of going to be uh, iRacers Lounge against Burning Rubber Radio. And uh, the OBRL kind of got involved also just because um, of participation. So I think it's going to be a great race. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, it sure is. And I checked the uh, PayPal account that has been set up for the uh, charity, Project K9. uh, And we're at uh, 87% of the goal. Uh, $780 have been raised so far. Yeah, that's they're doing it. Everybody's doing a great job. I think there's only two spots open and it closes here in a couple hours. So we'll probably end up with a, a full field. That is awesome. And so if you uh, involved and you do the entry fee, you're going to get a t-shirt. They ask you what size and everything. Yep. That's correct. You get a t-shirt and then there's also uh, I think there's three prizes too. Um, First prize for the winner is like $250,000, $250,000, dollars gift bag. And then there's a second prize and a third prize also. Okay. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I want to make sure to tell everybody to have your trading paints on because we got some, some special surprises. Yeah, and Steve was yep. telling me earlier too that uh, Podium is on board for sure. So we should have a pretty, pretty good broadcast. Yeah, Wayne uh, emailed me earlier and said that they are on board, so it should be a great broadcast. Yeah, okay. We let the, the cat out of the bag on our, our paints because we're going to have to run them in practice tonight anyway because yeah, they're too I guess, cool. Yeah, I guess it's too late. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Tell us what we've been planning with our, our good teammate, Bobby Jonas. Well, I'll say I, I think a lot of it was just Bobby. I think we he, we kind of came up with a, a IROC idea Greg did and then Bobby's like well I got I got something like that but I want to come up with something a little bit better and I missed the first part of the conversation where the plan was put together 
Um, but I guess the idea ended up he has um, it's kind of an eye-rocky looking car, but it has the Project K9 logo, and then every person has a dog that they're carrying with them on their car. And uh, if you go to the Project K9 website, they have uh, dogs that are kind of linked to each state, and so we have a state dog, state Project K9 dogs that are on each of our cars. And Bobby took care of all that for us. Really cool. Look really awesome. You're going to be yeah. able to tell who's Tafosi out there, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, we're going to try to work together. I mean, since there's going to be at least a half dozen of us. But uh, I love it. I, mine came out like the neon green uh, accents. Uh, and then everybody has their own color, so to speak. Uh, Chris, I think we were trying to pigeonhole you into the, the last color there. Uh, Tony, what was that? Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful shade of pink. Been there, done it. Need something new. <laughs> well, when car. you miss the planning meeting, you know, yeah, right. that happens. You kinda, yeah, you get stuck with the leftovers. My recommendation is just make sure that you stay away from delay, Andy delay. Yeah, scratch up those paint jobs for sure. Get rid of your pretty dog. I, my dog does have a pretty, pretty awesome na name, though, Canine Flex. So I, even if I end up with a pink car, I probably have the, the coolest dog. Yeah, I thought it was really cool how Bobby uh, got us with individual dogs. He actually put a link in with each of our paints so we could take a look. Uh, my paint uh, on my or my dog's name was Cliff and uh, so forth. Tony, I think you had Marco and then David. You had Spike. That sounds about right. Yep, Canine Flex. Greg, you were Nico. Good old Nico. So... I think what we really want to know is what's the tire limit? So no tire limits as far as I know. Yeah, they didn't they didn't seek that in there. <laughs> and I think Steve, I don't know, I thought I remember seeing one one quick repair, but I tried to figure, find the race details. I need to get with Wayne on that, but I want to say there was one quick repair, no tire limits last time I knew. Fix that up. Yeah. Yep, that's correct. One uh one one quick repair. Okay, well, what a cool uh, opportunity to help this Project K9, and uh, 780 bucks. Uh, it'll be over 800 by the time we fill the field here. Uh, so, if thank you to everybody who's involved, and can't wait to get out there on the track and run with everybody. Yeah, and I think yeah, Andy's one. Oh, go ahead, Steve. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I think everybody's done a great job on raising the money and coming together to have a great race. Yeah, and big thanks to the OBRL because those guys, I mean, like you say fundraiser and they jump on it. And, <laughs> you know, and they, uh, with the racecraft there, you know, it's going to be a good show for podium too. So you're not getting, really, I think most of the field is filled out by the podcast guys and OBRL. I don't think there's going to be too many randoms in there. There's, um, um, Bobby Dale's going to be in there, I think, maybe with his Road Pro guys, but uh, we pretty much know all the guys in there. I'm hoping to see some of our regular listeners in there, a few of them anyway. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, can't wait for that. I'll be coming in late because I have to work till uh, 8, but uh, I'll be there. Well, thanks, Steve uh, Thompson, for coming on to talk about the race and uh, what's going on uh, with that. Uh, we'd love to have you stay on and go through the topics. Yep, I'll stick around, guys. Okay. I don't know how long it'll be. We'll see how it goes. Let's jump into it. David, it was the 24 hours of Lachoke. <coughs> I mean, LeBall. Yeah. Um, I don't want to jump too far off topic, so give me a second here as I get back on the right place in the script.
Well, let's talk pre-race before the race, uh, yep. leading up to it. Uh, we had a really cool story about that run group functionality that they added in the new release where you can change from one practice to another. Have you been able and to do this? I've seen it. So if you have to go to the entry page or the entry tab while you're in sim and there's a little drop down, it's kind of hard to find. I guess I haven't noticed it in any of the other practice rooms that I've been in for for the for the regular Le Mans series or iRacing. Or I mean the or the NIS slash A open. Um so I haven't actually seen it in effect yet. So on the forums this guy said he had a teammate on track in the car and another teammate touched it. And the guy in the car immediately switched to a different reality, so to speak, or another track. Uh, it, it says here, basically was going down the straight with clear track. And when he connected, I got swapped on the fly and had cars in front of me all of a sudden. He has That's a replay funny. and everything. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Um, and then there was a plan to have everybody use the beta UI to join. Well... The beta UI failed. That went well. Yeah, I sat there that morning trying for, I guess, the whole 30 minutes, and it would never connect. And the website was down for a while. They basically ended up having to to do another start session because I never had the option to, to register us until the second session. And it completely jacked our schedule up. Well, and it, it registered some and then not others, which screwed up the whole thing to line up all the fields too, right? You could say that, but I mean, how different is that than having the the one a.m. start and the one p.m. start? You know, so not everybody was running in just one field, so that that wasn't as big of an issue for me. In fact, one of my suggestions would be the next time to do four four different times instead of two different times. Maybe split the load up a little. I'm wondering why they only do, knowing that that was a big event. Why wouldn't you have spread it out between? multiple tries for people to do it like the friday i know that's tradition that they normally just do the two but you're right they, four might have alleviated some of the stress on the servers yeah more people on the yeah more people on the sim more races less server loaded hopefully well there was a time when it was only the one time you know it didn't even used to have the two different times so i'm thinking maybe go four we have a video on here have you gotten a chance to watch it mark uh mike well, that was the video they put together before the event to try to get people to use the beta because they were saying, we're going to have a problem if everyone doesn't use the beta. And they've been, they said it all week long. They put out a video and so forth. But it still didn't matter. Like you said, it only like maybe I think a third of the people got in. I'm not sure. But they made another event an hour later. Greg West announced it in the forum shortly after uh, for everybody else who wasn't able to get in the event. And uh, that's the one that you ended up uh, successfully registering for. I wonder if they have numbers on how many people actually try to use the beta. I wonder if that, did that end up being the problem? Like they knew that there's going to be too many people trying to use the website and it was going to crash the website. So they tried well, to make people Well, we do, do have it. an apology here from, uh, it, it was from Chris Page. Um, and it was late on, or I think it was the next day. Uh, but here's what he said, basically. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. Uh, while we had our issues, I still want to thank all of you who used the beta UI. We were able to identify and respond to issues in a manner that would have been much more challenging otherwise. The issues were related to the popularity of the event. We expected it to be popular. We tested with many more entries 
than we expected for beta UI and made a number of changes in anticipation. These changes perform very well. There are certain situations that are hard to replicate and sometimes it's confluence of events that result in problems. While we're still collecting data, this is what we've identified. We had services silently failing, which made it tougher to debug. We had other improvement. We have to make improvements in this area in testing, but they haven't been released yet. The beta UI client can provide better feedback to the member when services time out. It needs to be better at recovery. Um, anyway, yeah, he does. He said at the end here, it's what you deserve. And because we missed the mark, I do apologize. But that's all I really saw about it from iRacing. Um, a lot of people in the forums were talking, they need to stagger registration like up uh, to an hour or more before the event where people or groups like you pre-register or maybe you register throughout the week or something. Uh, or you get on the, you have a certain time frame that you get on the server or something. I mean, there's gotta be ways to systematically to do it. Well, I mean, if it is, like if if they find out that the it, it broke because of the people using the website and they they can like back that up maybe it's time that they ought to like for those special events they just say hey you got to use the beta UI or you don't register because the traffic we have can't keep you know our, this old technology for whatever reason can't make this work. Well, when we got in the second time, it wasn't through the beta UI. We had to get in through the website. Yeah, well, let's say like, that might not have been the reason at all, but yeah, like I said, if, at some point you can you can have a lot of patches and workarounds and start times and stuff, but if the original problem is always going to be there because of the website, then you got to kill that problem. It's just, it's not the amount of entries, it's all the team members that are joining to watch as spotter, crew chief, or just watch. That's what's all these you know connections all at once is what's doing it i think i wonder if you just force those people to use the the beta ui if that would make the same difference as like a, the registration deal yeah and there's pages and pages in the forums of uh, about this the different ideas uh the one topic was titled labaw 24-hour mess uh where everyone gave every idea you can imagine um the other thing is and i called it burn it down because a lot of people were really upset about it i mean there were people in there saying i had sponsorship for this and we had streaming set up and and we practiced you know for months and months and hours and and i wanted to be in that split with the other team and yeah all this stuff it was just nonsense tony did you get a chance to look over the stats we did get stats from Rob, Rob Crouch. I haven't looked at them, but uh, we have them for each class here. The uh, LMP1s, of course, the uh, GTE and the HPDs. And so the, the big number is the, the, G, the GTEs, 1,367 teams, which equated to 5,134 drivers. And then uh, 1,191 for the LMP. 1961 for the HPD. So roughly, I don't know, ten, about almost 10,000. Definitely a big event. It could, we'd probably say the biggest yet. Yeah, and um, right, Spa's coming up. I don't think it'll be as big, so maybe it'll run a little smoother. Well, what can iRacing do? I mean, it sounds like they're doing what, you know, they're trying to anticipate the load. 
but they just haven't hit the mark. I don't know. Like I said, it kind of sounds like they know what's breaking it, <laughs> but they know we don't want to get on the beta UI because it sucks. But it is getting, it's gotten so much better, really, in the last couple of years. I've been forced to use it for the um, AI racing and setting up races, and it's definitely getting better. It's just so, I don't know. It's such a weird thing. It does, it's, not the we, it's not like the website, and it also doesn't feel like a game, which is what the, I feel like they're trying to make it look like with that GUI, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. It, it's just maybe the website has just been honed for 12 years or 10 years or however long it's been. Yeah, it's been honed down to this, polished like a perfect diamond to have every little piece of everything that you need to do to, to do it, you know? Honestly, so I think more what it is is like we're just used to it because I remember when I started, because it's only been, I've only been on the sim for a couple of years, and I remember starting out and looking at that thing and like I have no idea what I'm supposed to be clicking on, what I'm supposed to be doing to make this guide work. But I think you get used to it. And once you're used to it, it's just, it's so easy to get to everything you need to. It's perfect. But I'd be curious if we, if we talked to somebody that was just starting the sim now and did use the beta UI and then tried to use the, the website, if they wouldn't say the same thing, like, I don't know, man, this thing's terrible. <laughs> the beta UI is just cumbersome. You know, we set up in the league, we set up, you know, 40 races ahead of time. And, uh, we, when we've used the beta UI, we end up having our races crash and not launch. And that's been an issue ever since. So we just use the old, the old system. Well, see, you're a web guy too. So is it just my imagination or is that thing just like, it's just designed weird. Like it's just, I don't know. Things aren't where you expect them to be. Oh yeah. I mean, just trying to find out how to limit the tire sets is a major deal. You know, I finally figured that out the other day. Okay. See, so it's not, so that's coming from another old bastard too. Like <laughs> he uses it all the time. Like it's not just us. It's not just being used to it. It's done a lot I, of work. We've said this a long time ago, maybe even more than a year ago about beta UI. I, I know I have, and I'll repeat it right now. I think they need a different person to design it than they have now because, like you said, there, there's some logical stuff that's not happening. Like the, like the tire limit should be easy to find. Steve's a web guy. If Steve can't find it, nobody else is going to find it, people. Okay? It, 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 it's not... I, I don't want to pick on somebody, but we need somebody who's, who understands those kind of things and understands that logic, you know? Hey, they're going to be looking for this. We need to put it somewhere obvious. Yeah, the old system is just so much easier. You've got everything, you know, basically on one page, except for, you know, some things you want to add. And the other one, at least they added it to one page now instead of having eight separate pages. It's come a long way. I, you know, I got to give them that, but... But we'll see how it goes. All right, let's keep moving. We found uh, this video on the forums by Matthias Bingston. Uh, I think they heard you when they said get you some hard names to pronounce here. But uh, Matthias Bingston uh, put in this video. His car exploded when he uh, towed to the pits, and it disqualified him for reckless driving. And it looks like it's the new Indy Pro 2000 car, PM18. And uh, he gets in this incident, wasn't his doing, and, you know, he pulls it off the track, you know, as he should, and then he tows back to the pits. The moment he hits the pit lane, the car launches, and it launches 30, 40 stories into the, into the sky, like way up there, like rocket launch up there. <laughs> that was an issue uh, 
at, not Laguna Seca, Lime Rock during Ridiculousness Week because there weren't enough pit stalls. So I don't know if it's related to the same thing, but it, it put, it, if it, if you towed and landed right on top of another, another car, it did, it did the same thing to me. It's like a bomb exploded and rocket launch. Pretty cool. I thought I love videos like that. Yep. Definitely wouldn't have any problems seeing that car until it got far away. But um, there seems to be some iRacers that are asking for help with having vision issues. Uh, and we have a post here from David Tucker that is basically they're working on a way to be able to flag an account to allow you to use different camera views if it's because of an, a legitimate disability that affects you being able to see through the cockpit view. I think they already have it. I think if you talk to them and you have some kind of, like you said, disability, they'll change it to, you know, far chase or near chase and you can drive it like that. Yeah, I remember way back when I first, the first racing game I got, you know, you know, even though it had a cockpit view, it may have even been R Factor when I, when I first started doing that. Uh, a couple of times I'd, I would do the nose view or the, or not the chase view, but the nose view because it seemed to be the easiest. But then when somebody said, no, you need to do cockpit, once I learned to race in cockpit, it seemed, it actually made me faster. So uh, I would suggest everybody try to run cockpit just because it's really the fastest way. I don't think this is something you can just turn on. You have to talk to them and prove it and that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, there's a there's a line right at the bottom there. It says obviously this is not something to abuse just because you hate the cockpit camera, but it is there for anyone who really needs it. So they're not going to just hand this out to anybody. You're, you're you really got to have that that uh, that disability or that something whatever it was with the eyes there to yeah. Now when I first started i racing, I think that was my first thing I did when I first got in the car. It's like, how do I get it to the normal view, which is like up above the car behind it? Because I was used to, you know, NASCAR, the other games, you know, where you're up above the, the car like that. Um, and I think for a minute I was looking for it, but I realized it didn't have it. I don't know, especially in ovals, it just seems easier to get right on that yellow line in a cockpit view. Okay, let's get into the big story of the week. And we talked about this last week, but uh, it's here. It's been delivered, Chris. What is it? The tire limits. Tire limits for A, B, C, N, I, S. Tire limits for everybody. <laughs> um, but I haven't raced Pocono this week, so how's it been? Is anything, is it four, four sets enough? Um, it is. How do you, the only thing I noticed on here, anything else stand out? I noticed with the full-length races, they kind of get an extra set. Um, compared to the others, but uh, yeah, four seems fine for an 80 lap race. Yeah, it ended up being 20 per, but uh, sometimes the way the cautions fall, you know, you run 30 and then you do it. But if it if it's only on lap 16, you don't necessarily take tires. You might come in and top off your fuel, but you wouldn't take tires. So it already has totally changed the game, so to speak. I think the biggest thing is Pocono is not a good judge of the first week to do it because it's not a track that's anybody races properly at. It ends up being a wreck fest or something like that, and you're not you're not you're pacing a lot more than you're actually racing. So you you, you really just are not put, abusing the tires. I think next week at India will be the true one for it because that'll be the longer run track. Well, one thing that is contributing to some of the some of the wrecks is the fact that you are having people 
on different tire strategies and the people with fresh tires are not being patient and just basically diving it in five wide into turn one. We had a five wide in, in one of the A races a couple of days ago. Well, that's something that the racers are going to have to adjust to, too, right? This, people aren't going in and getting tires every lap. There's going to be guys at the front of the field that have older tires. Well, and one thing I noticed last night, it's really hard to get a wave around now. You have to be in the Lucky Dog's spot because everybody's on a different strategy. Right. It'll all be, there's always going to be somebody that stays out, right, is what you're saying, because of the, the tires. And, uh, yeah, wave arounds are a thing of the past, pretty much. You basically have to wait for a long run, and then your tires are crap, and you got right. to hope for a quick caution. If you're going to do the wave around, you got to hope for a quick caution. If not, then you really are kind of screwed, right? Yeah, so I don't know. It It, it hasn't really... Yeah, like you said, I don't think Pocono is a good test, so I don't know yet. But I still don't think it's going to favor my style of driving. I benefited in the NIS race yesterday, uh, partially because I mean, I, because I stayed out, but I made that choice to take the last set at the right time and end up in a, end up in a good place. It's it's a it's a poker match almost. It's like when when do you pull that trigger and give up the track position versus when do you have those new tires. I'm glad you brought that up because it almost feels like to me like it's it's come down to that almost like it's all about when you get the that final set of tires and making the right decision. I mean, ask Greg. I mean, Greg, you made the wrong decision one day on, on one of the races and uh, and it bit you. Well, I made the wrong decision last night. I got tires at the wrong time and it. It, I was able to come through the field, but then all of a sudden I was like the only car that had those tires. So then the next caution, it kind of just screwed me. Yeah. So there's a lot more of that going on. And I'm just worried that it's all coming down to, you know, everyone has to pit at the right time. Or, you know, if you don't, you're just, it's not about your skill anymore. It's about when you pit. I don't know. Yeah, but you're still seeing the fast guys at the front. So the, the most amount of tires is 13 sets for Darlington. Wow, that's, that's going to be a track that the speed difference, because it's a full distance race, and after a couple laps, you're already probably a second, second and a half slower. So you got to be, um, there's going to be a speed differential, and that's going to be causing more wrecks too because of it. That's 28 laps per tire set. So that means you shouldn't be pitting if your lap your run is less than twenty eight, really. Which seems like a lot for Darlington, doesn't it? I don't know. Well, they were giving the Coke six hundred for the actual cars. I think they had eleven sets. So I would say with the track that Darlington is five hundred that eats tires, it probably would be correct. They gave twelve in Atlanta, I believe, in real life. So one thing you can't do is go over to one of the other pit stalls and steal a set of tires. So they added uh, to A, B, and C as well, open and fixed. Uh, they put the tire limit amounts in the PDFs of the schedules of those. And I kind of taken a peek at those. Looks like it's one set. I'm looking at uh, something else. But apparently, if uh, these all the oval series that have the tires, they they've added it to the scheduling. So if you find the schedule, you can look up how many it's going to be. Now I actually saved the photo of 
what they publish on my phone so i have it but the other way you can look it up is in the relative not the relative box but if you switch to the tire box where you uncheck your tires it'll have how many sets you have left in parentheses right there also at the beginning of the run uh, beginning of the race the spotter tells you how many you have for the race Okay, let's keep moving. Tony, we got the uh, another stealing setup stuff story, like tw two weeks in a row. Yeah, and uh, this <laughs> comes from PDS again. I believe they're the same ones as we were talking about before. Pure driving school, I think it's called, yeah. Yeah, although, you know, this one here is um, a bit different in a sense. <laughs> In one sense, I guess. So um, it's reported on the on the forums that uh, one of the users noticed uh, one of the PDS sets in the uh, in the notes section in the setup notes. Uh, well, that it was from VRS. Um, Had a note referencing VRS, right? Yeah, yeah, and. Um, I didn't even have that other one opened up. They did respond and uh, directly uh, about this. They did, and uh, it was an apology. Uh, Max Binicky is the guy who um, he's the guy with the highest I, I rating road, but he's the guy in, uh, with this pure driving school, and he wrote the apology saying uh, the driver, you know, who the coach who did this, it's an honest mistake. Is basically all, what I'll paraphrase. That's what he said. That's two weeks in a row they're calling it honest mistakes. It's kind of starting to pile up, though, don't you think? Well, it, it brought up a long-form discussion about, uh, you know, what makes a set somebody else's set. You know, everybody starts with a base, and then they do stuff to it. When is it not a VRS set? You know, what if he took 20 pounds out of every tire, but he left the VRS note in it? Is it still a VRS set, you know? Yeah, and the VRS set came from something, right? Did they start with the fixed set? <laughs> so is right. that VRS set really just not a fixed set that they're selling? Like, that's I think it's going to be a there's getting to be enough money in the sport where it's probably going to get settled in a court eventually. But I don't know where you draw that line. Well, that's the thing. You you can't. I mean, uh, I think VRS and and pure race, you know, pure driving school. They can ask their subscribers not to share their sets, but I don't think legally they can make that happen and there is some discussion about that in the forums too people are talking about the legality of it all and uh you know the the whole thing of selling setups and so i don't know it's an interesting discussion if you want to check it out wouldn't iRacing own the sets though like technically no matter what for that to be a set they need iRacing's property right well we're leasing the content right so this is probably considered content it's right right technically leasing it yeah it's definitely immoral but yeah, i guess they can probably do whatever they want but yeah it sounds like they're saying i it was an honest mistake but i don't i just i don't know you can't accidentally take one of their sets and build from it <laughs> the only accident was uploading it as yours and not deleting the notes yeah exactly <laughs> at least be discreet about it be smart about it uh i, I don't know but i think I think there is repercussion, and that is this discussion we're having, these forum posts. People see this. It develops reputation. 
I think reputation is huge in a in the probably the setup business. I don't know. Yeah, and, and I didn't look into this a ton. I'm guessing that setup was probably changed a bunch from BRS. It was probably just those notes that were left over. But yeah, like you said, they probably started with that their set because it was better than starting with the fixed or something. But it's all it's all about the optics. I mean, if you're yeah. if you're spending money every month or you know how or even if you're just buying one set, it doesn't matter whether you spend a dollar or you spend twenty dollars. Um, if you're putting out that money and they're selling you their set, you expect to have their set. So even if it is that you know that everybody uses the same base, everybody uses the fixed base. Um, if it had if it was a VRS fixed base or um, you can put whatever name in front. If that name is still there when you buy that set, it'd be like, you know, buying a pair of Nike shoes, but on the inside, it's like starter. You know, you'd be pissed. Yeah, it's an interesting topic for sure. I don't know much about the pure driving school, but I'll, I think they do a lot of road stuff. I think with the VRS, they're a lot also known for oval, so... Well, we got another cool video that the kind of I like where uh, in this forum post, it shows the guy has infinite wheels. And uh, as he goes around the track after being in a, an incident, uh, his wheels like come back on the car and then and then they like roll off and then they come back on the car and then they roll off. And he's sitting here counting them as they do it. So he's going down the track and about every 30, 35 feet, another tire generates and falls off the car. By the time he gets to pit lane, there's probably 30 tires or something. Yeah, and this is not the first time we've seen this happen. Right. And that debris causes damage on other cars. Yeah, it's pretty uh, crazy video. Uh, The YouTube uh, is Neil Gardner. Check him out and subscribe. Been a while since we've had one of these, but we have a BMW Sim race coming up again. Uh, the, the 120 Cup races. This one's at Spa. I wish I could run it, but I don't think I'm going to be home. Uh, it's on July 5th, which is Sunday, starting at 1300 GMT. Um, it'll be, it'll be the, it's the latest of the BMW special events. Uh, it's 120 minutes, just like the others. The Sim time is is 12 noon. It's at Spa. Got to have at least two drivers. And it's only the BMW M8. It's open setup. P1, $1,200. Each driver. Yes, I always miss that part. Um, and you do have to run each... Basically, you're going to have to have each driver run the one stint. It's going to end up being about 60 minutes per driver for the fair share rule to kick in. You can't run like two laps and then turn around and have the other guy run. I see. So all the road guys, I'm sure, will be out there competing for that, and it'll probably go to one of the Formula One guys. Pretty cool, though. I, I like official racing that has money. That's pretty cool. Go get it, man. Get that money. And next we have a forum post from Martin Crisp for uh, LearnSetup.com. Um, so these aren't exactly for sim racing, but it's less about like we're learning how to make like a, a sim racing setup and more about learning setup theory. And so his setups were built more around real race cars and RC cars. I guess that the same principles and theories transfer to basically all of racing. And there are real life, you know, big names that have learned, use this software to help learn how to build setups for themselves. So 
um, www.learnsetup.com worth checking out. Yeah, and it's basically a $1.99 monthly subscription. Yeah, and I think the part of that, too, is I think he develop it, develops it for mo mobile. So for a couple bucks, you can have an app on your phone. I don't think you even have to use it on the PC, I think. Right, all the screenshots show uh, uh, cell phone screenshots. Um, so it's like something you do on your on your phone. And as you scroll down, it, it's pretty cool. It's got, uh, you know, how you, like you said, learn setups. It's also got organize your setup into folders, uh, document your setups. Uh, he calls it cheat sheet, where you like literally write in, you know, your pressures and your tips and different things that where you track uh, your setups and you do it inside this app. Very detailed. I mean, if you wanted a way to just kind of have a separate way to document what you're doing, this might be it. Make good use out of one of those tablets you have laying around that you don't, that you didn't hook up to the computer for telemetry or something. I'm not into the setups enough to even try this, but I, I hope somebody does. Well, you know what's got absolutely nothing to do with learning setups? That'd be, uh, ever wonder what, what the biggest hosted events per car is? Oh, I thought it was that LaBaugh, right? Well, one would think, except uh, according to Tyler Hudson, the top five spots are taken all by dirt. So uh, out of the hosted races, um, it's dirt street stock, dirt midget, dirt sprint car, uh, the 410s, the 360s, and the UMP modifieds. Um, in the hosted in the hosted sessions, that's uh, that's what you're going to find the most of. The dirt community is really built up over there in the hosted sessions, and there the, I see them there. But there's so much going on, I you know that I can't disabsorb at all. But uh, they have a a good community, and I, obviously this proves it. If uh, they've taken over hosted, they're the top five spots for most used hosted car. Slam dunk for dirt is what Scott Valdez said. Does that mean there's not enough official racing for it? No, I think they probably just get better racing um, in in hosted. But there's there's lots of stuff happening for dirt all the time. I can't keep up with it. All right, let's move on. I found this article from roadandtrack.com, which is a mainstream automotive magazine. And they have an article called Everything You've Always Wanted to Know About iRacing. And uh, it's exactly as the title uh, alludes to. Uh, the uh, Sam Smith, the author of it, basically uh, goes into detail about it. Um, he talks about how the recent growth of iRacing. A couple quotes from Steve Myers we've heard before. Um, he goes on to talk about, you know, how the coronavirus, you know, really grew this uh, iRacing up a little bit here recently. He talks about what iRacing is specifically, you know, what kind of service it is. Uh, and it's like a Q&A where he presents a question and then an answer. And uh, it's kind of neat if you're, you know, wanting to teach somebody about what iRacing is. This is a great link to send out. Talks about eSport, how does it compare to a Fortnite, that kind of thing. Pretty cool to see that kind of press. So it can get hot inside the 87 Monte Carlo, yeah? We got a nice uh, little tweet from iRacing here. 
Um, and you can see there's a fan actually blowing on the feet. I noticed that when I first got the car, I looked down and uh, I saw that. I, I was kind of surprised to see it, but I didn't know it was there. There's been some uh, drivers that have had burned feet before from, uh, from a problem with the heat shield in that area, right? It makes you wonder what do the current cup cars do? Do they have uh, ducks or hoses or what do they use? Dynamat, the floor sheet stuff that reflects it off. They got all kinds of stuff for that. I like the old-fashioned fan, though. Keep it simple, right? Stupid is simple. Yeah, so I'm kind of lost on this one, David. Maybe you can help me out a bit. So is this a... We have a... We have drama. Sprint race went to the fifth lap. Yeah, I have nothing, no idea about this series, though. So I guess that was this the Le Mans part of a, this series and the problem with Le Mans affected this their is, series? Uh, oh, th I think this was the pre-race to the Porsche race. So they have like the pre-race for everybody um, where there's money you can win. And they ran Le Mans, and it, it was going to be four laps is what everybody thought, but it actually went to a fifth lap based on how the timing went or whatever. And only some of the teams figured out that it was going to be five laps and fueled accordingly. Why everyone else didn't. And so it ended up leading to basically some mixed results from what people were expecting because it all came down to fuel. Okay, and so they end up throwing the race out, though. So now you have guys that figured it out, ticked off because they did figure it out, and they they're, they're, did rerun the race, right? They didn't rerun it, but uh, Greg West put out a post. Upon review of submitted appeals, the final standings of the Lamar event have been updated after penalty assessments. And I don't understand what the penalties were and whatnot, but I don't know. There was a there was a forum post asking, "Hey, let's rerun it later." And I don't know. Yeah, so I, yeah, I saw this whole this big penalty. Uh, talking about the penalty, I don't know. Like I said I I didn't really follow this much. And I just kind of got lost in it. it. Looked like a mess, though. I guess I'm, I'm not really caught up on it either. But I I don't see how you could penalize somebody for racing within the rules. So so here's out that there's more fuel. Yeah, so here's what iRacing posted about it. They said, in fairness to all drivers competing on Saturday, Porsche and iRacing have agreed upon the following plan of action. The race winnings will be paid out as promised. The results will be expunged from this championship. A replacement round will be added to the calendar later this season. The date and any additional blah, 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 blah. As a fail-safe, the upcoming July 4th round at Nürburgring may be changed to a lap race with lap counts calculated based on normal race lengths of a 15-minute sprint or a 30-minute feature. If this change is undertaken, iRacing will communicate immediately. Thank you for understanding. So they paid the money, but nothing else counted? Right. So there weren't any actual penalties. Okay. It is confusing, but uh, because none of us really run this event, but Hey, there's money on the line. People are going to complain, right? Yeah, especially any time uh, something like this happens where you feel like the officials drop the ball. But fortunately, not everybody is complaining, Tony. <laughs> nope. Nope, not everybody. In fact, uh, S. would love to know the first name. Scott. 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 We know this guy, don't we, Steve? Yeah, he's one of our OBRL members. 
Aha, well, big uh, big shout out to Scott Ebersole giving us a five star review. Um, basically, just you know, saying we're awesome and and we give up the news and um, telling everybody to do themselves a favor and listen to us. Well, that's good advice. Love it. That's awesome. Thanks, Scott. Yes, thank you, Scott. Uh, it said you will be hooked. All right, I like that. I could have rescued there, Tony. I just wanted to see you keep tripping. Thanks, <laughs> <All> man. <right>. Thanks. <laughs> no problem. You guys are an awesome podcast. I mean, I look forward to it every week. I've listened to it for as long as you guys have been on. No, I knew man. Scott was a long, uh, heavy listener, but I didn't know he was OBRL. He's heavy OBRL, too. He's heavy into it all. Okay. Let's get into housekeeping before we go to uh, equipment. We're recruiting to, to Team Tafosi and specifically to this podcast. We're looking for a driver, but it, who is also a content producer, uh, so to speak, and help us out. This is a group effort, as you imagine. And it can be hard to you know keep it going you know every week for years on end. So we need help. If you're interested in joining us, contact me and uh, let's talk and see if you're a good fit. Uh, we do have another source for the podcast. Every now and then I go Googling iRacers Lounge and see what's out there. And I found one. It's called listennotes.com. And apparently you can go there and get every podcast we've ever put out, all 233 of them. So uh, check that out. Is this a paid job? No. No, we have our podcast all over the place, and we don't pay anywhere but the place we host it. <laughs> All right, don't forget to send me uh, your lit, your ideas for stories at iracerslounge at gmail.com. Don't forget our show notes in the description of the podcast. You can get, see all the stuff that we're talking about. And don't forget we're on regular rotation over at the Performance Motorsports Network uh, over there with those guys. And uh, you, can, you can check Burning Rubber Radio out over there. You know, I randomly uh, click on the app. They have an app. Uh, and listen to those guys. Listen to it once in, once in a while. And I think I hit it up really late the other night. It was about beer thirty, and uh, heard none other than Mr. Greg Hectus telling us what's up. But uh, you must have screwed up if I'm talking. <laughs> We're in regular rotation over there, guys. So check them out. All right. With that, let's go hardware software. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Oh, first up, this uh, this actually comes right from the uh, the stream chat. Um, Chris Marshall uh, was saying it. He's uh, he sells sim gear. I I hit him up. I said, "Hey, throw us up a link. We'll go check his stuff out." And uh, pretty much what he does is button boxes, and um, it's across the pond. Everything's in is that pounds. Or yes, that has to be pounds. It's not the funky E. Um, but uh, he's got some nice looking stuff, all different types of uh, button boxes with uh, uh, some even with the the iRacing uh, flag deal mounted right into the uh, right into the box themselves. Man, I like that one with the iFlag integration. Yeah, yeah, they're they're really slick. Now. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to step out from my usual thing here. The prices on this stuff is pretty damn decent for what you're getting. You're not going to 
you know, you're not going to have to put a second mortgage on your house to get a pretty cool button box. Um, these are all, you know, very decently priced, uh, especially for, for what you get in, cause you got encoders and all different types of switches. And then, you know, the, the, the iFlag type, uh, integration right into the button box itself. That's, uh, that's kind of a, a unique addition. I like the Cobra premium 20 button box, $89.95. Uh, it doesn't have the iFlag, but that's okay. But I just love the carbon fiber on the front. It's got the nice ignition switch uh, and a, you know, big old engine start, you know, and those are completely unique and different than the other buttons, you know, so you can do it by feel. Got the, the turn knobs at the bottom. Uh, use those for volume and whatnot. Uh, flip switches, push buttons. It's got everything. Pretty cool. Yeah, so that's, uh, you can find that on, uh, well, skullsimgear.com um you can search for skull sim gear on facebook it'll take you right to his facebook page and uh yeah that's from uh, our listener uh, chris marshall thanks for sending that to us do you approve of his stickers <laughs> yeah certainly do approve of his stickers i had to uh throw him a little message there that it would uh you know keep me out of out of trouble and possibly the hospital <laughs> yeah he does custom built uh work as well so you can order custom stuff too so along the same lines i uh actually got a got a message from one of our listeners um and he was listening to our discussion when uh you know when i was trying to figure out if i wanted to you know with my new rig build uh go triples the ultra wide and um so he just, uh, I'll, I'll just read it verbatim because it's some, some pretty good stuff, but he left me a really nice message. It says, listen to the podcast this week, discussing triples versus ultrawides. Uh, you mentioned a performance penalty of triples versus the ultrawide, and he said he'd never thought that before, but um, with the triples, uh, you use a typical 1920 by 1080 monitors, GPU would have to render 5.9 million pixels, and with the 49-inch, ultra wide uh your gpu would have to render 4.15 million pixels uh possible you know 40 percent reduction um but on the other hand the ultra wides have you know the the downside of the reduced uh field of view and the warping of the image so um take that for as you will but uh scott thank you for uh doing the math and uh kind of putting it in black and white so makes it a much easier uh, decision when you have as much information as possible. And um, to kind of cap that all off, I totally went the opposite end, got rid of monitors completely and decided to go VR. So uh, there we go. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> I told that. We told David, uh, or I told David the other day, if there's a, any, one more person gets VR, we're going to have to call this Tafosi VR instead of just Tafosi. I'm well, never going to have VR. I'm still going to have best of both worlds. So I'll still have my triple set up and then we'll also have VR. So um, we could, that'll be a really cool dynamic as well. We could call it a VTOSI. We need to get him playing Bridge Simulator, David. I haven't played it yet because I haven't had enough people. I didn't realize it was multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. It's the only way you can do it. <laughs> Screw doing it by yourself. 
Well, I played through the story storyline on on it. Um, Star Trek Bridge Commander, or is there something else out? Well, yeah, we'll we'll wreck a spaceship together. Team oh, God. oh, I thought you said like bridge simulator. I'm like, are we gonna get together and build a bridge? Because that just does not sound any kind of fun. <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of awesome too. Actually, I thought you were meaning the card game bridge. I'd <laughs> do that too. Let me get my bifocals. Let me get my grandma. <laughs> Everything's funny. VR, I'm telling you. Are we playing shuffleboard afterwards? That that would actually be Is pretty good game? in VR. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to play no shuffleboard. I don't want to break a virtual hip. Hey, a shout out to our <laughs> Canadian dudes. We could also do curling. Hell yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's talk about our Slovakian friends because we now have a source for sim racing equipment in Slovakia. And it is shop.gperformance.eu. And they have a website where they sell uh, regular sim racing products like sim lab cockpits, PCs, Heiskenveld pedals, uh, triple monitor mounts, you name it. Uh, they got it. So if you're in that area, uh, you got a source. Yeah, I didn't realize sim lab was actually using distributors instead of just doing only direct sales. I think a lot of them are now, though. Yep, they have uh, the P1X on there. Uh, it does show out of stock, though. Uh, it says 749 euros to 849 euros. But I don't know much about them, but uh, hey, if you're from Slovakia, hey, check it out. We also have a, a warning about Crew Chief, and I didn't run into this, but some people were reporting that the commands and the auto-refuel weren't working. Now, I don't use the auto-refuel. I always um, send the command manually because I kind of want to see if it see if I like the choice it made. Um, uh, the thread got pretty long, and I don't know if they actually solved it or not, but it seemed to have something to do with maybe running as administrator in iRacing. Uh, but they're working on it, so just make sure you make sure that that fuel is checked when you go into that pit. It has something to do with if you launch through the beta UI, iRacing is launching as administrator or some high-level thing. But when you don't, it doesn't. And so when you run it through the beta UI now, after the release, it's somehow interfering with that crew chief function. We got another rig review. We'll have to get in the time machine for this one. <laughs> Mike, you posted a, a picture in the chat the other day um, from your Facebook. Uh, two thousand or 2012, June 13th, 2012. Your wife posted a picture of you hard at work and you're on your sim. So what, do you, what do you think about this rig? <laughs> it came a long way, haven't you? I don't, I don't know about this field of view on this one monitor that's sitting kind of cockeyed. Yeah, this is like literally when I first started, I think. Um, so there's a glass desk, um, and the wheel is literally clamped to a glass desk, like a piece of glass. And I thought for sure I was going to break that glass, but it never did break. Uh, it's a G27. Uh, there's two monitors, but I'm literally only racing on the monitor on the right, and it's not even centered. It's like off-center to the right. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell I was thinking. I think I was, uh, I don't know what I was, I was eventually doing it on two monitors is I, what I remember. But uh, the way that picture looks, it looks like I'm only on one. So that must have been just when I started. I had a big old uh, reclining office chair on wheels, which is a total disaster. Um, yeah. So this was before your uh, 
field of view obsession? Oh yeah, this is like day one kind of stuff. This is what's caused it. <laughs> right, because I'm off center <laughs> like that. This is no, an example no. of what not to do, though probably... Look at uh, my head all cockeyed and everything. <laughs> I bet you with that rig, Ty Majeski could probably still win a race. That's how I started. Hey, it shows you everybody starts somewhere, you know, and I did too. You know, I started with a freaking laptop and a G27 and two monitors. I only used one. And some tempered glass that should have broke. I don't know how you didn't break that table. There's several times I've ripped that wheel off that table where the, the clamps gave way, you know, but the table never gave. Yeah, I thought I'd want to share that up. I'm not sure if I've ever talked about that. Did, did you rip it off because you're holding onto the wheel while your chair rolled back? <laughs> well, yeah, that's part of the problem. You know, you're stomping on the pedals and... No, hey, it's you... just, you get intense, especially when you're new. You don't really realize that you're just cranking on that wheel. Like, you want it to turn, and it's not turning, and you're headed to the wall. You just rip that fucker off the table, you know? And that was before Crocs were invented, so he didn't have the... Was it Gros? Was it you? Was it you or Rochette that had the, the Crocs fix for your wheel casters? Oh, that, that was me. That, that was yep. my little baby. Yep. No, I'm all about the Crocs and the C-clamps. I'm all about some smooth transitions, Mr. Groves. <laughs> oh, are we doing that again? Let me, uh, <laughs> let me just totally uh, screw that one up. Hola, Senor Groves. A-class production. <laughs> Hola, Senor Groves. Manati Spotter in Spanish? Oh, boy. I haven't even looked at the link of this one, so <laughs> apologize. Yeah, we got a new uh, spotter pack, guys. Spanish. And it's... Uh, fully updated, 1,470 audio files. I guess I could get my wife into racing and she could have a Spanish spotter then. Might like it. I know some Brazilians that need some spotters. Maybe this will help. Ouch. Well, on that note, here's another smooth <laughs> transition for you. I, I, I'm, 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 at a, I'm running blank. What? But um, this is really be nice looking us. rig. You're supposed to be setting the example, Mr. Hall. How's Tony going to get better if you can't get it right? Well, this is a casual setting, so <laughs> we shall make attempts at cool transitions. And sometimes we'll just be like, all right, up next, let's move on. Uh, this is a really neat uh, gold painted rig. I don't know if it's it's... It's just gold 80-20 instead of silver, and it looks nice. Boy, does it. It makes I me want to paint my rig. I mean, you could make your rig look like that, right? Take it all apart, paint it. Yeah, never. I ain't taking that sucker apart. <laughs> it'll never come until apart I, Until I move. I don't know. If it depends if it'll go out the door or not. Well, we it's figured it would You got shown how to ship a box last week. You should try it that way. Yeah, we're talking about painting it, though. Because this, I mean, it looks really cool. I wanted to actually get the black Sim Lab rig, but it would have been another month or two to wait. So I've I've just got the gray one. Okay, and so this is a company called NorthWSim.com, and uh, they have eighty twenty rigs, and they're based out of Spain. And the pricing's not so bad. I mean, I. I didn't think it looked bad uh, for how many euros they're asking for an eighty twenty rig that looks just like the SimLab one. They have some non eighty twenty rigs that are more like tube frame as well. Uh, let's see if I can grab a price real quick. Uh, 
It's an instant 742 repost. euros. Yeah. Yeah, that's ballpark. 577 euros. Yeah. I do know one thing. I would not sit in that rig when it's up on those uh, benches. Yeah, the Instagram post. They got it like up in the air, I guess, for the photograph. Uh, but, boy, it is a neat photo. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, we got uh, friends from Poland who uh, have what's called polysmer, pulsimer, pulsimer wheel. And it's a formula-style wheel. Uh, real low profile uh, with buttons and whatnot on it. Uh, they have a special 20% discount. Um, if you use the code, uh, the code can be used two times. Their website is polesimmer.pl. And uh, if you go to that website, uh, what do you see there? I'll find out. <laughs> yeah, that's where you can actually order it. Uh, they have different versions so to speak it uh, looks like 450 euros or 380 euros i didn't see anything like i couldn't see anything on the back of it like how does it mount to something um there's really not a lot of information about that and that kind of threw me off about this they do offer a thx adapter for thrustmaster i do see that though on one of the pages but uh man poland uh you can get wheels there and we have some more rigs from APX. <clears throat> um, tubular steel. They look really pretty, but uh, kind of expensive. I don't know. I think the one we looked at earlier with the, the 8020, the pretty 8020 is definitely the way I would go over these APX rigs. So they, it's kind of the same pretty paint, but in tubular steel and super expensive. Well, 400 bucks, you know, black, blue, or red for the tubular, you know, cockpit so to speak i don't know what do you think about where it mounts the wheel though seems weird well the biggest limitation anytime with a lot of the tubular tubular frames is adjustability and also when you mentioned moving you i mean how do you ship that i mean it's got to come in the box right it's already put together yeah like you said 400 bucks that's just that tubular steel frame so if you look down that thousand dollars that's more just your basic rig that's a basic seat and it's got a seat a plate, yeah yep. all the stuff to mount your hardware so basically yeah a grand for just a pretty basic tubular steel rig yeah you can add all that they have a drop downs where you can add which seat you want which shifter do you want which wheel do you want what screen do you want everything yeah maybe if the rest of your um the furniture in your living room or wherever you're putting this is tubular steel and it would look good with your feng shui maybe this would make sense but otherwise it seems like a waste there's a new word for the podcast feng shui. <laughs> feng shui i don't even think that was that that's actually relevant i think it's but transition it's challenge <laughs> somebody use feng shui in their next transition okay now look at the 9500 dollars package though so i just pulled that up how do you go from 400 to 9500 well it's got d box on every corner and it's got some really nice triples but man that's still 400 to 9500 do you think those triples are too far away yeah and there's not enough angle <laughs> <laughs> i love the white though the white tubular that looks pretty good but I, I don't know about price. This is out of Irvine, California. So check them out, apxsim.com. 
Well, the colors are actually optional. There's four four colors available. Well, this next one uh, is definitely going to help with the feng shui of my new sim room. That would be the ultimate home productivity tool. And basically what it is is just a, um, a light-up box. I can... Um, to, to give a message, you put it on the outside of your room, office, um, you know, like on air, uh, you know, gaming, get, basically tell everybody, you know, stay the hell out. I'm busy. Um, and Recording for my, sign. Well, this is just it. And this is part of my plan. Although <clears throat> I got kind of excited when I see it because, you know, you can control like, you know, if you want it to flash or, you know, what color um, all from your phone. Uh it's it's still it's uh like in the beta phase or pre like it's not ready to go yet so you can sign up kind of reserve one uh and then i saw the original msrp and it's like 250 bucks um i'm gonna have to imagine that's american so that's like 700 dollars canadian uh for a little <laughs> light up sign i don't think so not for me, but it is it is really cool. Um, the the part that kind of gets me is like the, the the light part is all LED lights, but you actually slide a uh, physical sign like over top of it. So really, it's just a backlight. Um, I don't not sure like <laughs> the the price point on this thing might be a touch off, but I, I kind of like some of the uh, some of the options over this. Wait, you mean the displays are not automatic, like programmable? You actually have to physically change the, the stencil. Exactly. Well, that's silly. But on the good note, I completed the challenge. Yes, you did. And speaking of transitions, this one, I think, has its own feng shui. We have a rig. Well, you missed one, David. Did I? Well, Tony missed one. There's two, it's uh, two part. It's a two part sto uh, story, Tony. Oh, geez, look at that. Um, yeah, challenge completed, and then totally bomb it. So we happen to just have almost another one, uh, very similar, and it's um, it's different. What the heck is this? So, yeah, it's like YouTube, I'm not sure it's what your it... YouTube or Twitter follower count. Oh, how many that's subscribers what this is for. you get? Oh, like a big time streamer. I'm Landon Castle. I want to see how many subscribers are adding every second. I got a big old sign that'll tell me that. Well, I almost got excited and then now I'm not so excited because if that's all it does, I mean, I guess there's a market for it. Just not with me. <laughs> if they got a Twitter follower one and they got a YouTube one now, I don't know. Uh, if this is a company or what, I found this on Instagram. A guy named Sim Racer without the E posted it up. You know, a lot of the YouTubers that I, that I watch are they enjoy putting their YouTube uh, trophy that they'll get for so many subscribers. So this is just taking that to a different level. So, do you want to basically have an entire rig that looks like it could be a room by itself? Here's one. I was blown away by this rig, the, the button layouts. Um, it's got, I mean, it basically, it looks more like you're a, 
747 flight sim. There are so many buttons. It's got the airplane style buttons down on the lower left, if you see those, where it's got like a little uh, divider between the buttons, a little metal divider so you don't slip and hit the wrong one kind of look. Love it. Yep. It's got a, it's got a console dash on the right, it, uh, and then two button That's boxes on the left. a stream box at the top of that. That's integrated into that dash. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty, pretty nice rig. So that was Hoi Hyuman, uh, and he posted that on the Facebook group, High End Sim Racing Enthusiast. And that was pretty high end. I love those, those buttons. That's a really good pronunciation, by the way. I try. All right, let's keep moving. I got this one, a 49-inch HDR 1000 Odyssey G9 with a 1000R curvature will cost $1,700. Um, Samsung reveals its pricing for its very curved gaming monitor. This is the new deal, guys. This is the one, like if the COVID started over right now, this is the one all the NASCAR rigs would have instead. Look at the freaking curve on this baby. And could you race on that? I mean, would it look distorted? I mean, it's not your normal curved monitor because it's got a much deeper curve. I, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, I would love to see uh, iRacing, you know, on it to see what kind of FOV kind of looks like. I don't know if you'd be able to tell in a video, but uh, surely somebody's going to buy this. But 1700 bucks. It seems like you could probably get fairly close to triples, though. It'd probably be the closest one you've seen out of a single monitor, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But when does iRacing actually change how it renders the third monitor when when you're using it using it compared to an ultra wide does it actually change the angle that it's projecting from when you do triples it does but if you just yeah. have the single curved it doesn't do anything different if it was a single flat you're getting the same projection so the ang the angles are going to be that's why as if it was flat right it, it it'll project as if it was flat so with this screen being all curved like it is so much i don't know how it's going to look you know just go vr just go <laughs> vr that's what you guys have been saying 1700 bucks uh you can get it at samsung.com um that you can also offer the g7 in the 27 or 32 inch size as well you know unless motion sickness is an issue vr is really nice and i think greg yeah, he's here. He pointed out that he's been on his hot streak since he got his VR. Yeah, we looked at stats the other night. I pulled up everyone's uh, NIS finishes, and you could definitely see when Greg got his VR that his finishes have gotten better. I just, I don't know, with VR, I just feel that I'm, I actually feel like I'm in the car and I can feel what it's doing. So I just, I don't know, maybe it's just I'm more into the racing too, being immersed in it. If you're ever headed to uh, Vegas, Mike, you got an open invitation to come try my new motion rig I'm building with VR, and you can give it a try. Oh, wow. There you go. What kind of motion? Have you figured that out? Yeah, I'm building a uh, SFX100 with, uh, yeah, with the, uh, with the uh, track racer frame, and it should be nice. Uh, yeah. Now, are you printing that yourself, or you got somebody to print for you? 
Actually, uh, Cocoa Puffs from the league, uh, we're building them together, and he's got a printer, so he printed all the pieces for me, and uh, he sent them out, and he actually put the actuators together. I've just installed all the uh, drivers into a server, and I got everything ready, just waiting for my uh, track racer to come, if it ever does. Nice. That's going to be one nice setup. We might have to do yeah, a rig review for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's come back. Tell us about it. David, we got an update to one of my favorite uh, pieces of software. Yep, uh, Sim Racing Apps has put out a recent update. Uh, got a lot of nice little new little features. I've already updated to it. Um, one of the nice things I liked about it is it actually added text-only uh, HYS deployments. If you if you run the uh, Porsche, um, it, and it, a lot of nice little little new little features. Seven new widgets that you can throw in there. How awesome is it that it's free software too, you know, and uh, I use it on my stream all the time and I use it for uh, various things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm currently using it. I still, I use JRT and I use it because it still has a couple of fuel information that the JRT guy doesn't think is as important. Like I like knowing what my rough fuel window is on a full tank, even if I'm at, halfway in the run because it just helps me plan as I'm going you know um, and so that's really handy and I also like knowing how much how close I am to getting within the fuel window it, 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 as far as what's left versus you know I know how many how much I can feel like if I'm going to pit it's going to only add two more gallons so I know if I'm, get, if I'm getting close to being within the range and the, the shift lights on it are really nice as well if it helps with speeding or not speeding. Yeah, I also use it to run uh, a browser on an iPhone right above my wheel that shows RPMs. And so I have an RPM gauge, so to speak, right there. They have a lot of good good uses in streaming as well. Particularly, there's one there's a particular shortcut that you can set to where when you're streaming and you are in the garage, it actually covers up your stream in in OBS so that you don't show your setups. I have to figure that one out. I haven't figured that one out. It's a pretty cool software. Um, I use it for the track map on the, my stream as well. I'll paste the link in chat uh, the, for that specific uh, widget. Okay, I'll check that out. Chris, we got another uh, Wheel stand review. Yeah, we got another review, and this one's more on my end of the spectrum. So this is um, Next's um, three hundred dollar uh, wheel stand that Barry from Sim Racing Garage um, put up a good review for. But what's different about this review is he's testing out a direct drive wheel on it. So he's trying to see if you could use this three hundred dollar um, wheel stand to, for a direct drive wheel. And it actually worked pretty good. I mean, it, it held up better than I thought it would. The weak point ended up being his his office chair <laughs> that kept trying to move on him. But if he would have had a, a more sturdy chair, he was is it might have put a little bit more flex into it. But um, from what I gather, yeah, it kind of held up okay. I was surprised. I thought for sure that DD one or DD two wheel he has installed on that thing would would have torqued that thing right to the ground, but. It didn't. It was solid. I was very impressed. It, I had no idea that it could hold that wheel. 
Yeah, I think Barry look, was kind of surprised too. <laughs> I guess I'm sure the mount is probably going to be would have been the weak point, but if you look at the actual framing, it's triangular framing, which is usually a, your strongest setup. Yeah, and the center of gravity. Notice uh, he it's almost centered the way it's designed. It's really sitting kind of back of the the bases from. Uh, the center into the center of it, I, so to speak. I don't know. It, it's rock solid. I was kind of surprised the lack of movement of the entire stand. Of course, his chair was moving because he was using a rolling chair, but that's expected. But man, if you want something cheap, uh, I was always kind of uh, shy against these. But now that I've seen it on video with a DD1 on it, maybe it's not so bad. Yeah, most people, I mean, they're going to be people that are getting this probably aren't going to be putting a direct drive wheel on it. They're thinking, well, is this thing going to twist under my G29? No, it's not. Nope. <laughs> it will not. Uh, if you're using a lesser wheel, this would be perfectly fine. Yep. It would almost be like, I'm trying to think of a vehicle comparison. It would almost be like putting um, Toyo tires, I don't know, on a, on a Lamborghini. Well, I'm, I'm glad that Barry tested it with a, a direct drive wheel because that was something we've all been wondering. You know, how does it stack up? Well, I guess you're waiting on me for uh, a spiffy transition. Well, I don't got one, but we got a company review from Ireland, and this is uh, digitalmotorsports.com, and uh, looks to have like a it's a it's a higher end uh, company. Looks like uh, Heiskenveld pedals, some fancy schmancy F1 wheels, and uh, in your 8020 uh, cockpits. Looks like they got some D box setups, maybe. They got all the name brand stuff. This is just like that Slovakian reseller we saw, but uh, this time it's just a different country, right? Ireland. But they have all the good stuff. I mean, uh, if you're looking for, they got shifters, pedals, wheels, you name it, monitors. Quite a website, uh, quite a selection, and uh, stuff is in stock from what I see. I mean, there are some things that are sold out, but like, for example, uh, I went to the handbrakes and they got that really cool SimTag hydraulic handbrake, 643 US dollars. But uh, they even have the, the well, it's sold out, though, the Pro Sim H pattern shifter. Remember, that's the $1,300 H pattern, the best one that we found yet, I think. But they even sell that. Okay, I got the next one. Um, well, actually, we already went over that one, the, the Polish rims, right? We must have a duplicate. So, Chris, we're going to talk about the wind sim. Yeah, the wind sim. I'm actually looking at this post now, trying to figure out what his the giant straws are for. <laughs> but this is um, from Brett Brett McBurney on the forums. He um, is using this wind sim software. So basically, use a software that works through um, Sim Hub, and you can use that to control computer fans. So just regular old PC fans that you would use in your computer, and those will speed up as your car speeding up so you'll get that realistic feeling of wind on your face but <laughs> he's, he's it's an interesting looking rig because he uses a, a vr so it's basically just a couple of hoses coming from the side of his desk up to 
the top of his steering wheel where his face would be when he's in the rig. But really cool idea that you can do a lot with. I just don't, I was trying to figure out why he's stuffed a bunch of party straws at both ends of the thing. But I think I got that. I mean, he doesn't want to leave it open like an open tube, you know, where the kids can, you know, throw their their candy into or something. So you put the straws in there and he painted them all black and it kind of plugs up the hole, but it still lets the air through, right? Yeah, that kind of makes total sense. Kind of gives it that honeycomb filter across the right. across the front of it. Yeah. Oh, this is this is awesome. I love it. And a side benefit is if you uh, have trouble with your rift fogging up, it can help with that. The air just blowing in your face. Yeah, or just keeping cool if you just use it just as a regular AC. Well, I my, like it. <laughs> my oldest daughter's phobic against the things that have that honeycomb. Uh, thing to them like beehives. Uh, it's a, I can't remember what it's called, but I think I'm gonna build just 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 for her. Look what I did, sweetie. <laughs> Look at my straws. Dad of the year goes to. <laughs> I almost killed one of them with a cinnamon challenge. I still feel bad about that. Now, uh, Steve, you're from Arizona, and I'm always sweating my butt off every after a race. Now you're gonna be on a motion rig with this big VR on your face. I mean, how are you going to keep cool? You Maybe you need this. I'll be turning the air conditioner down to about 60 when I race. <laughs> there you go. I'm in Arkansas. We, there's there, there's no such thing as life without an air conditioner anymore. Yeah, here okay. in Arizona either. Especially, Mike, you're you're hotter there than we are here. Oh, I'm going to yeah. have to have this, Steve, though, because once you get that motion, so you're getting all this stuff set up where it's as realistic as possible, you're going to have to have the air blowing on your face as you go faster in the car, eventually. Uh, I'll let my hair grow out. That way it'll give it some... Oh, yeah. Balance, you know? right. but, but you can only use it if, if you don't have a windshield. So you're going to have to drive like the Radical and the Indy car and stuff. Well, the old Indy cars. Nice. All right, we got a sneak peek at another nice-looking rig, David. Carolina Simworks has really uh, come on the scene, and they're working on a new M1 chassis. And Love it. He's it's uh, eighty twenty. I'm not sure what the platform out on the front is for. Well, it's oh, oh that's for brakes. inverted pedals. Yeah, that's for the inverted pedals. That's right. Yeah, that's what um, I like about it. Is it, he's he's using the normal eighty twenty for the base for the steering wheel and the and the seat and all that, but then he's using his traditional you know, sheet metal, you know, hanging pedal kind of thing to, to mix with it. Just not another SimLab clone, in other words. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the a lot of the real NASCAR guys have been getting their rigs for him, haven't they? Didn't didn't Dale get his? Yep. Well, That's no, a great there, design. There was another company, David, you're thinking of. This is a different guy. Who was that company that did the advertising at Hickory Motor Speedway? thought it was it was carolina simworks oh was it okay maybe yeah, it is the same one it's yeah they're right there that it's got the the, the tree the sym and the three colors it's all oh, that's sign. right that's it a great design to in, invert your pedals i have my pedals inverted and i love it i don't think i ever want it the other way what kind of rig do you have mike i have the obato revolution which is tubular but the uh, I have the sim pedals from Michael Main from Main Performance, and he sold the Obato, but he designed the sim pedals for it, and so that's why I bought them. But they they hang. Oh, 
Yeah. Nice. See, that's that butter. That's a nice rig. Or tubular. It was at the time, you know, long time ago. I don't think you can buy them anymore. Okay, and then uh, Tony Groves, you're up next. Rig for sale. Yeah. Um, boy, I wish you could get some proper pictures of this rig, but this looks like it was uh, just posted on a on a page with like a a screenshot. So you don't really get to see what's going on, but that's not really the story of this one. This comes, uh, I guess, um, from Brandon Berg. He's having some having some issues so he's selling his rig um <laughs> he's he's gotta he's gotta use it to pay for a divorce poor bastard and he's uh says he's got over five grand invested and he's selling it for four grand oh it's only two months old too wish we could get more information on it but we just don't have that but four thousand shipped anywhere on earth with uh everything he's got from the pc what we can tell is it's a triple setup other than that, you don't really get a whole lot, so we don't have the original post, but uh, it's kind of bummer. Not yeah. to make, not to make a joke about it, but kind of a deterrent if uh, he's getting divorced and he's selling his rig. If any married guys get this, kind of uh, wondering if this is why they're getting divorced. Well, I'm thinking he's getting divorced. He's going to want his rig after he gets divorced. So he has something to do, but. To each his own. You got to pay for it somehow, right? All right, let's keep moving. Fantasy is up next. Podcast Fantasy League. In a casual setting. Oh, <laughs> fantasy after Talladega. Um, <laughs> kind of like going to the craps table. Just you know, roll the dice and hope you hit. And uh, and you know, I almost hit. Last week, I had uh, I went with a long shot for uh, to put in my win category. I went with um, you know that Jones boy, and he almost came through for me. I I was I was yelling and swearing at the screen, um, and Lisa was absolutely beside herself, laughing at me, getting all excited because I almost picked the winner, but it didn't happen as per usual. But uh, it was a good day racing and uh, lots of movement on the leaderboard. Uh, we'll go through it real quick here, give you the top 10 uh, where we're sitting now. Uh, Justin Time, he's he's hanging on first, and he's got he's got a little bit of a lead, but G.I. JoJo's uh, really been chipping away at it. Um, I'm more or less uh, holding my ground in, in third place. Chris, you uh, jumped up sitting uh sitting pretty in fourth and got right between you and your wife there how you feel about that tony <laughs> well it got a little uncomfortable at first but kind of getting used to it now <laughs> oh <laughs> the smiling ninjas she's in fifth laird racing's sixth place kbm seventh romance girl is in eighth t bob is also in eighth there we got a got a bit of a tie and res dog is 10 uh, Mike, you you fell out of the top ten. Did you uh, you just not hit on your picks, or did you happen to forget about last weekend? No, I I thought I set up my guy uh, Ty Dillon. I was hoping for Ty Dillon to win. But okay. It didn't work. Yeah, and you know that's just kind of what it is. Eh? You just throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and hope something sticks. Um, 
Hey, real quick, while I'm thinking about it, Laird Racing, who's running six, he's selling brand new Heiskenveld pedals. How much did were they? I think it was eight hundred, nine hundred, with shipping. Oh, yeah, nine hundred with the base plate. Yeah. Yeah, he was just yeah looking to get. Uh, yeah, and I don't think he's had those things for very long. He got two, and he bought he bought too many, so he hasn't even used them. They're new. And he's good for it, listeners. I sold him my video card. Remember my 1080 Ti I had to get rid of because I bought a 2070 Super. Well, Justin Laird bought that from me. And he's now, also one of our teammates. Well, yeah, ex-teammate. But uh, yeah, and uh, hook up with him. If you're looking for pedals, guys, he's got them for sale. Yeah, perfect. Um, so this week coming up, we got a doubleheader of Pocono. So... Uh, gonna have to be on your toes i mean you gotta you gotta pick for saturday and then uh i guess after the race you're gonna pick for sunday uh that's gonna be interesting there could be a lot of changes next week because um i'll forget oh mike yeah you're i pretty much pegged that one almost like the uh the daylight savings time change um but we'll, we'll, we'll throw out some uh throw up some reminders make sure everybody uh doesn't miss out hopefully as uh yeah this is an easy one to to steal some some easy points for those that uh you know don't get in on both races this week but uh lots of movement uh at talladega let's uh see what happens at pocono this is gonna be two interesting weeks in a row let's hope they race both races on the days they're supposed to be on yeah no rain right well and they're both late starts again so you know there's a chance probably a pocono rain because the where it is Okay, let's jump to results. NASCAR iRacing Series. Let's talk about the rest of Chicagoland. Probably our last time there, guys. We'll have to see how that goes. Friday, uh, Thursday fixed. Tom Dryling got a P4. Ran up front all race. Even led a few laps. There were two green-white checkers. I'll take a top five. David, Friday open. P6. Don't remember much. That's a good run. Yeah, it was a good run. Um, I actually got more points the night, the day before, because I was in a higher split. But yeah, um, it was a decent race. Capitalized at the end, probably probably late race carnage, like almost every race has been. And I got P16. I didn't write anything down, so I don't know what happened. I don't even remember. Tony Rochette wrecked. He said, caught in the typical Chicago traffic. Sunday open. David, top split, P19. Yeah, um, I'm just on a horrible, unlucky streak with people ranking in front of me. This one wasn't in front of me. This guy was underneath me. I was just passing him on the outside, and he just snapped loose and slammed me into the wall. Uh, the car was junk, but a lot of people wrecked out at the end, and I kept it on the lead lap to come in P19. Yep, and let's switch gears to Pocono, no, Pocono. Uh, Wednesday open, David, uh, P9, you said tire strategy paid off in the second half, but caution fest. Yeah, I haven't been great at this track as far as speed, uh, but I picked the right time to pit and stole a lot of track position and held a lot of people off, came in ninth. And Greg, we already talked about your race. Uh, you were doing pretty good, but it hit the wrong pit, pit strategy. Yep. but another try okay i raced uh, with tom dryling and his split tom got a p10 
uh, worked his uh, by way through the race, he said, learning how NIS races will go with the new tire limits. Uh, could have been higher, but got involved in some stuff on a late restart. Uh, Tony Rochette, P7, uh, tried playing the tire limit game, was successful, went from 15th to 7th with three to go on the final restart. Uh, I wrecked out myself. Uh, I was, had David's luck. They were wrecking in front of me, but I think part of the problem was we were slow this week. I'm not really happy with the set. Uh, I felt like we were slow out there. I was kind of near the back half of the field, and I think that contributed to me getting caught up, but uh, I couldn't even finish, so. I fixed the set. We're good. Okay. Well, good to hear. We still have another run uh, tomorrow. I'm glad Greg no. is uh, working on that. We'll be doing the charity race tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Charity race. I forgot. All right. Thursday open. P15. For me, I got caught in a, a couple of bad luck incidents, but it wasn't too much damage. Uh, so, um, but again, the, the car was slow, I thought. So, um, I was happy with the P15, and I guess that's my final run for the week. Uh, David, uh, you had a probably the worst race. I can't remember you uh, having, you know, such a bad time out there. Yeah, I started off slow, um, and you know, there's this dead zone that's in this tire model now, right? Where where it's a little bit tricky necessarily to always keep the car going straight. It's worse than the Porsche, but it, it was happening a little here too. And I got right up next to the wall and then I looked at my fuel situation and then I looked up and I'm in the wall. And you know, just right in the middle of the straightaway. That, and that, at that point, it just started driving like crap. Uh, pushed too hard, hit the wall again hard enough that I just went in and took it in the pits early. Got a lucky dog, and then, of course, wreck. Car is right in front of me, and six minutes of damage. Got to be faster, I guess, to get out, get out in front of these guys. The same people wrecking every time. Yeah, and then Tom Dryling ran as well in my split. He got P18, um, and he got caught up in a big uh, wreck and had quite a recovery to get to that. So, not happy with Pocono this week. Uh, I didn't like the set. Uh, let's talk uh, other official racing. I ran the NASCAR Legends at Richmond. Got a P10, and I'll take it. And I ran a couple others. I think I got 13th. But it's just tight, tight, tight there. I uh, wish they would uh, get open sets or something or loosen that baby up. Let's talk uh, OBRL trucks. Chris, you got a P5. Yeah, me and Tony are down here fighting in the in the results yeah uh, i really like that tony's running these trucks with me because what he does is he comes in at practice night and he teaches me how to get around the track and then i beat him on race day has been the the way it's went the first couple of times but it was a good race but me and tony kind of got screwed early there was a, a new guy that uh, wouldn't get caught up with the field that was supposed to be in front of us and i i yelled at tony i was like catch up with the field and we'll sort it out there and which is what we did but it didn't get sorted out the guy never got caught up so me and tony just went by figuring we'd pit the next time by but with the new rule pit roads closed so i ended up coming in and pitting and getting a pit road closed penalty and going to lap down and tony stayed out in front of the field on old tires so both were an ugly situation <laughs> but yeah really good comebacks and they ended up with a p5 zero x and steve you were racing that race you're second right yeah i was second i had something weird happen i uh 
came in on a uh, yellow flag pit stop and uh, the car that was pitting behind me, he had entered his pit and I came in behind him and it didn't ghost out. It rear-ended him and pushed him into my pit and gave us both four X's. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're talking about that. I had never heard of that happening before. Yeah, I never had it happen either. But there's some weird uh, weird stuff going on last night with with uh, Netcode. Yeah, it seemed like uh, there was a couple cautions brought out last night just over some really, really weird stuff that I know that I've never seen before. But like you said, that Netcode, and they were like five feet apart, which is um, just kind of crazy. But... Yeah, bad. Yeah, we're real far apart in cars that like weren't blinking or had any problem before that either. Yeah, it was nuts. Ed Larson Adams, he had a uh, left rear tire blowout on his truck. I don't know if you guys saw the video. It was really strange. You can see it explode. Left rear? I thought so I, I thought he was full. I was like, no, he must, he was seeing things. That really happened because there was not that many laps on the tires. Yeah, he only had ten laps on it. He he posted in, in one of the uh, one of the forums on iRacing. You'd think the left rear would be the last one to blow out, right? Yeah, you'd think so. There's a big puff of smoke, and then his car, his truck just twirled around in circles. Well, I tell you, it's been quite a while since I've been able to actually make it out for an OBRL race, and my lord, what a breath of fresh air. Um, it was nice to be able to, to actually race guys and not just parade around for a couple of hours. Um, you know, right near the end there, I was, uh, I was fighting to, to hold on to a top 10 and it, I'm very much okay with my, my P15. I mean, um, I got, I got past, put me in 11th place and I was, I was hanging on best I could. And I was, I was just gearing up to try for a run and, but I just didn't have the tires and, you know, kind of scraped the wall and there was uh you know there was a pack of four guys basically right behind me and but uh that was a that was a lot of fun last night and i i I do like michigan and but uh boy oh boy i was even uh i almost got to your bumper there steve that one time there and there again i was it was you know getting late in the run and i just i just ran out of tires yeah, you're doing a great job. I, I said, who is that behind me? They real, realized it was you. You got a great race, both you guys. All right. OBRL. Check those guys out. Let's get into final thoughts. Chris Scales. I was ready to get to practice. We got our, um, I don't know how many of y'all are coming out, but we have a uh, practice tonight for the charity race tomorrow. So heading on out to that. All right. Very good. David Hall, final thoughts. I actually meant to bring this up last week, but I forgot. I've got a Twitch viewer that's been hanging out uh, quite a bit. Uh, he's more of a road guy. And we were like, well, he said, he mentioned something along the lines of not having a team. And I was like, hey, you should come join us. And then a little bit later, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm 16. And we decided, mm, we want to stay an adult team. Um, so I've got a viewer that's 16, um, hangs out on my stream a lot. And so I'd like to invite you to come watch my stream. And say, yeah, we're looking for young guys, uh, particularly they that run on the roadside a lot, sports cars. So uh, come on the stream, twitch.tv slash mixmage. That's with um, 1X. And then uh, say hi to him <laughs> and, and recruit him. Yeah, go get that get that guy. We, we, we're going to pick him up. But with everything going on, we, we got to stay 21 and above here. 
Greg Hector's final thought. I'm just looking forward to I've been if you noticed I didn't really take any topics today. I kinda of chimed in a bit, but I've been working on my set for Pocono for my uh, league race tonight for the IC or the iRacing Stock Car Association. Um, Pocono. Hopefully I can uh, get a good finish again tonight. I'm second in the points and uh, we'll see how we keep going and uh, looking forward to tomorrow night's uh, charity race. I'm kinda of glad most of it's uh, OBRL guys because I'm good at dominating them anyways. Uh, so we'll uh We'll enjoy that when uh, I'm glad we gave him even playing field though with the restrictor plates. It's also not Sonoma. Yeah, I can't wait to see our paints for that race. That's going to look really cool. Thanks to Bobby Jonas for putting that together. Tony Gross, final thought. Well, I had a bunch of presents dropped off this week. Um, new CPU, new motherboard, some RAM, uh, hard drive. I'm just missing a couple of items, so the uh, the, the the new rig, um, I haven't started that yet. I won't be starting that for, for a couple of weeks yet, but uh, things are coming in. Um, the planning's happening. The room's, uh, that that's going to get started with uh, some new paint and a few modifications uh, to make it a proper little studio. Just uh, really excited. Um, all this building stuff it's just so much fun just watching it all come together and you know uh doing the shopping for it trying to figure it all out doing all the research um i i've really been enjoying this this experience so far and i know it's just going to continue getting better as i you know see everything start to take shape i'll be uh you know doing a lot of pictures and stuff like that to kind of whoever wants to you know, come along the ride with me a little bit. Um, I'll try and get some video of it if I can uh, figure out how to, to make it interesting and not just me whacking myself with a hammer a bunch of times. Do one of those high-speed ones where they you show it off in like five minutes, but it took you 20 hours. Yeah, yeah, I, I have thought about that. Um, I really need... Uh, I know a couple of guys, maybe I'll get get them to, to come down and and help me out with that little project and um, make it something worth watching anyway. Okay, very cool. Looking forward to that. Steve Thompson, thanks for coming on and uh, hanging with us today. We appreciate that. What's your final thought? I just want to thank you guys for having me on, and you guys are a great supporter of iRacing. Um, I, I tell everybody I know to, to listen to you guys. Um, you guys do a great service for it. And uh, I want to thank Chris and Tony for helping us out with the OBRL. They're always giving us a shout out to it. And uh, I just want to say, I hope Clint Boyer stops blowing trannies and wins at Pocono this weekend. Go Clint Boyer. All right. Uh, All right. Thanks, Steve. We appreciate you coming. My final thoughts, man, I've been eyeing my Amazon uh, shopping cart. I just haven't pulled the trigger. And the main item in it is the Asus bezel-free kit, which is basically a, a, a prism, a, kind of an optical prism thing that you put in between your triples so you can't see the seam. And uh, every day I've been looking at the video uh, that they have of it where you can't see it, and I'm like, wow, I'm going to get that thing. But $109, I think I decided this weekend I'm actually going to buy it. So I might uh, be talking about these next week. Oh, I hope you pull the trigger on those, Mike. Just go ahead and do it. Just close your eyes, 
hit the go button. Um, well, we've covered those a couple of times. I really want to see these and, and get some uh, firsthand, uh, you know, report about them because these, these are really neat. We'll have to see. Uh, but 109 bucks for a piece of plastic, but if they work, it's going to be pretty, pretty freaking cool. So that's like 500 uh, Canadian, though. So you're saving money. <laughs> Well, they're not buying BR, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> the NASCAR legend, man, I, I got to tell you, a good group of guys are running that official series, and I, I hope others will join us. Uh, but it's tough competition. I mean, there's some good drivers in there. I've been in top split uh, because it's usually split like twice on most nights, maybe three times. And uh, it's not easy. And for me to get a top 10 at Richmond, man, I'm real happy with that. And with that, see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.